Hello and welcome to Anime to Z, the podcast dedicated to all things anime. I'm Shay Lingo, rapper and musician, and I've been watching anime now for probably over half my life. And I'm Beck Hill, a comedian, writer and artist, and I've been coming up with witty repartee for probably over half Shay's life. <laughs> hey, see what I did there? Yeah, I see what you did there. Right, so today we're dissecting episode six of Vinland Saga, The Journey Begins, which marks the quarterway point of the series. That feels like a good time to assess where you're at in the series, Beck. What are you enjoying? What do you want to see more of? Ooh, everything? <laughs> I'm loving this show so yeah, it's much. A, it's a dope show. So much, Shay. Very, very dope show. Oh my goodness. Ah, oh, I'm such a convert. Mm. I'm looking forward to finishing this so yeah. I can go back and rewatch it again, re-watch it but again. properly binge it. Because <laughs> right now it is killing me waiting until the next podcast. Yeah. Like, oh, so good. And we have to watch it in a certain order just because otherwise we'll just be giving away too much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like obviously you it's one of your favorite series. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I watched it in 2019 and a lot happened between then and now. So <laughs> I've forgotten about a lot of what's happened, which is great because I get to re experience a lot of things as if it didn't happen in the first place yeah which is fantastic for me but also very like oh my god i kind of remember what happens here and i want to see it but i don't want to have to mistakenly spoil it you get me i don't yeah. want to spoil it man i don't want to spoil it i just want to enjoy it with you lot yeah it's nice i want like any uh listeners as well if this is your first time watching it and you're watching it along with us give us a shout out i want to hear please. about it because I, I can't just just talk to shay about this words hashtag animator z at Shay underscore lingo at Beck Hill Comedian. Ugh, like a pro. Come on. I think it's a dope show too, but do you reckon it's a widely held opinion? Yeah, essentially there's a lot of love for Vinland Saga and rightly so. It's got like an 8.7 on my anime list and it's got 8.8 on IMDb. Wow. And it was on Best Anime of the Decade on IGN. Yeah, I can I can get that. Yeah, that being said, there's kind of a cult around it. You know, like when, when an anime does really well, and it's so visible in your life and there's so many things or anything does really well and it's really visible in your life and amongst your people and amongst your like culture of watchers or whatever or mm. viewers or whatever. But you know that there's a whole nother world outside of that that doesn't really understand it. They don't, it's not even that they don't it. rate it, do you know what I mean? But they just they just haven't, yeah, they really just haven't crossed paths with it yet. Oh, do you know it's what infuriating. I mean? So exactly. And and a lot of people within within like the cult fan base that will build up around certain animes start to resent that and it's like oh like this is super underrated and people don't really because it's not the absolute one number best anime in the absolute world do you know what i mean mm. so yeah i think i've seen a lot of videos and a lot of tweets and a lot of things on social media about how underrated vinland saga is and i think it's a, i think it's a masterpiece i'd go as far as to say it's a masterpiece yeah so yeah i think it's it's pretty underrated for me because i'm part of the culture do you get me a little yeah, bit so yeah i i genuinely believe it's quite underrated and i think it needs more visibility as as a show, just as an anime in itself. I think season two might do that for it, though. Well, hopefully this podcast will do that for it. Facts. Yeah, right. And it, I think it's a perfect opportunity for anyone listening who hasn't already seen it, if you've come in fresh. Shay and I are here to discuss an episode at a time. And, well, it's time to begin our own journey. And just so you're aware, there will be spoilers, so catch up on Prime Video now if you want to avoid those. But if you're up to speed, let's talk about episode six. Let's do it. Beck, episode six jams a whole six years into the space of like 20 minutes. What are the highlights? Give them to me now. Oh, I'll give them to you, Shay. <laughs> I'll give them to you. Right. So it starts with Thorfinn. Mm-hmm. You're getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. 
vomiting at the side of guts. And I was like, I get you, because I never got past that point of Saving Private Ryan. You know, like at the very beginning, it was all guts. Anyway, so then Ash Lad makes a deal with a Danish soldier to help fight the English. And the soldier's like, don't you go being a naughty boy, Ash Lad. Not in those words, but basically. And then, <laughs> and then the guy gets like immediately arrowed yeah. from everywhere. So you're like, oh, He's been a naughty boy again, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. But no, oh, no, it's not. He's not being a naughty boy. It's the English. Whoa, there's bloody English getting everywhere. Ambush. So they've surrounded them. Yeah. They ambush them. And then little Thorofin uh, gets mm-hmm. in trouble. Mm-hmm. But Ashlad saves him, mm-hmm. which is nice. And tries to act like he doesn't save him. Yeah, he's trying to play all cool. <laughs> been the coy father figure. Yeah, I noticed that. And then Thorofin realizes that he has to start fighting you know, for himself and to prove himself as a warrior. So he kills someone for the first time. He's like, ah, Ashlad's like, notices it. And then we get the montage of Thorfinn being all knifey. And so we're like, okay. He's <laughs> more daggery. Daggery Daggery. <laughs> daggery sounds like a cocktail. Shorts. That's, ooh, we might have to make <laughs> oh, a cocktail. the Thorfinn da- daggery. Thorfinn daggery. Ooh. Can we make that happen? Yeah, we're going to make that Please. happen. Thorfinn gets all daggery and we're like, Okay, he does murders now. Mm-hmm. And then a super nice English lady and her daughter find him. I think she's her daughter. I don't know. Whatever. I think that's There's the a girl that lives with her. Mm. The friends. <laughs> and take him in. And then he gets better. And she even lies to the English soldier to be like, oh, he's my son. You know, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But then what does he do? He goes and dobs on them. He, go- he runs off. He sets fire to everything. Yep. Calls his bloody Viking friends over. Yep. Have a little... Murder sesh. <laughs> and even though he like a little sees, murder he, sesh. He, he catch- you don't call it a little murder sesh. That is wild. <laughs> then he catches her eye and then he's like, oh, I feel bad now. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll go do some more murders. And then he runs off with his friends. And that is the end of the episode. Hope I didn't spoil it for anyone. So uh, would you say that episode six was pretty lit, Shay? Oh, my God. Lit. Yeah. Because of the fires. Yeah. I might set fires that. to the houses. I mean, it's it's a legitimate thing to say, Beck. <laughs> you know it's the nicest I mean? compliment you've ever that's given the, me. That's as well, far as I can go. Congratulations. It's, the, it's a legitimate thing. It's the most legitimate thing to say, I guess. Now, I found this episode dope. It felt like a very coming of age mm. type stuff. For I mean, for the very specific and extraordinary situation that Torfin is in, I feel like... He's got blood on his hands now. Do you know what I mean? And I'll be real. I'll be honest with you. I'm a sensitive guy. I found the his first kill to be, or his first human kill anyway, to be mm. quite emotional. Like I was, I was, I was quite emotional. Like at that point, I was like, wow, like you're realizing in like you're realizing in real time that you're you're becoming, you're now a murderer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're a murderer now. Like yeah. you like you kill people now. Do you you're know what I mean? That's, he goes around and has little murder sessions. Do you know what I mean? And you you you're young, you're still I think he's maybe still six, maybe seven. Mm. He's probably had a birthday on his voyage and no one's bringing brought him a cake or whatever. I would murder someone too if that was. Do you was know what me. I mean? That was probably his birthday present. His catalyst. But yeah, that was a very like coming of age moment for, for Torofin. And that was it was a big moment for the development of his character. So I just found that when he was like standing and we've seen that before. We've seen that kind of illustrated or depicted before when Someone does something they know they don't have to do, but they also find that it had to be done for them to be able to function within mm. their environment. And it's not an environment they necessarily wanted to be in. And that that kind of angst and dichotomy within themselves and creates creates a demon that they know they have to welcome. Do you know what I mean? 
Ooh. So it's painful. It's painful. And that's where you get the like, ah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, that resonated with me heavy though. And this episode comes with its own context segment. So what did we learn? So basically there's a bit of narration that fills us in about how the Vikings had always longed to live in England. And at the start of the ninth century, they invaded England with a view to occupying it. And that escalated into a full-blown war. I'll tell you what, I'll be honest, I didn't know this. I didn't learn that much European history going up in Australia. I, I guess they're trying to hide something. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't actually realise that that was what they'd done. So I'm learning. I'm, I was going to say laughing and learning. I wasn't laughing. I mean, I was laughing a bit, but not because people were being killed and stuff, just because it looked cool. What bits did you laugh at? Arrow through the eye and then seeing him later on. Oh, um, cool, 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 cool. I'm, I'm just, not gonna, I'm not don't mind me, I'm just, just dialing the <laughs> therapist. The local authorities. H- hello? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a gore fan. I like gore. I like dark stuff, man. Sending is like yeah, my no. thing, do you know what I mean? I love the fact that Torfin had to make sure dude was dead. Do you know yeah, what I mean? That yeah, was... Yeah. That was I liked that. I didn't I didn't necessarily laugh at that, obviously, but that would have been a bit. But fun. you liked it. Yeah, I so liked yeah. it. I enjoyed it. I'm just adding it, it to my just adding it to my clipboard here. I found pleasure in that. Do you know D- what I mean? Just putting this to my fo- folder marked evidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there was there was a whole bunch of other bits I liked. I liked how Ashalad tried to play Koi Dad. Do you know what I mean? I might just start calling him Koi Dad now. Koi Dad Ashalad. I like that. That's quite nice. That's nice. That rolls off the tongue. So answer me this. Why would they want to live in England when Denmark and Norway are so beautiful? Right. I was wondering this as well. And I think I've commented as such earlier as well, because I was like, they're beautiful places. Why would you want to leave? And I realized for the same reason that most people invade other countries. Money. Facts. Yeah, they do it for the money. Facts. Like Ashland. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, I did a little bit of reading about this because I wanted to learn more. So from what I read, Vikings would often raid abbeys or monasteries and then take off with all the riches inside. But then they were also paid protection money by European kings and rulers who knew the Vikings to be like fearsome warriors and didn't want to have to deal with them themselves. Like Kind of like hired goons, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like mercenaries type. But I mean, that's what they kind of are. They've always organized crime, that. isn't you know it? What I mean? Yeah, a yeah. bit. Yeah, we kind of see that when Ashala takes the initiative and sends Torfin into the into the village to send a message and say, you lot are rubbish at war. But we can help you, though. You get me? And assist with the war. Like, he's he's very for the money. He gets, yeah. he gets to the... Ashla, I like Ashalad, man. I'll be real. He's he's a very controversial character, but I like him. He gets he would, to the bag. He'd be a very successful entrepreneur today. Facts. Yeah. What? He'd have his own spaceship by now. I'd work for Ashalad. <laughs> On the side, maybe though. On the side, yeah. I think he'd treat. I think he'd, he'd give good employee perks. He would. Yeah. He'd take you out for a day out, get ice creams. But coming back to your point about how Scandinavia is so beautiful, and we've both commented on that, like it's cold. Yeah. So obviously there was that as well. Like England had, you know, all this land in a milder climate, and they saw this opportunity to work with that. Yeah, we definitely see a lot of those Viking traits in Ashland. He's an opportunist. And he believes the only way he can achieve greatness is in battle. You think there's any other reasons why they came over to England? Well, I guess it's sort of a bit similar, like an extreme version of a stag do. Oh. You know, when you think about it, like the like the fellas, they go away, they get a little bit rowdy. Okay. They're probably not as kind to the women while they're drunk and mucking around yeah. than they would be if they were sober and at home. Okay. Think about that, but like times a thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. Just gets they got that out of it. They got to have a massive stag do. Yeah. Yeah. 
and make some money in the process. I guess get, get to meet meet some meet some ladies. We'll, we'll we'll say that. I don't know how much the ladies wanted to be met, but I hear that. they met them. I hear that they met them. Well, there is said to be a little bit of Viking DNA in everybody. Do you know what I mean? And on that note, let's discuss episode six in more depth, shall we? Let's do it. And joining us for that chat is film and TV critic Campbell A. Campbell. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I never get a fanfare. This is uh, huge for me. Oh, well, you know. Can we edit in some applause in the background? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. I'll is do that it. Unfair? <sighs> and the crowds go wild. Right, so, Campbell, it's good to meet you, man. What is your relationship with anime? What did you? When did you first get into anime and what do you love about it? I probably couldn't pick out like a specific age, but it was when I was very young and I was living in Cape Town mm. and we sort of had our own Toonami block, but I... I think it was called Tube. I can't remember the name. It was a South African channel, but I watched a lot of Dragon Ball Z yeah, yeah. with my younger brother. And I think like a lot of people, that was sort of my route into it, like the Shonen sort of things. Yeah. And then my parents were like, there's a lot of punching in the stuff you watch, so we're going to give you something gentler. And they got me, <laughs> <laughs> and they got me a spirit. Well, they got me some Dragon Ball action figures, so they were very encouraging. But yeah. then they bought me Spirited Away. Lovely. And that haunted my nightmares for a really long time. I was going to say, yeah. Stop <laughs> punching for like existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I went back to the violence for a bit. But then when I moved here, I had this whole thing with my peers because I moved to Surrey, which is like, you know, it's very white. And mm. everything that I thought I associated with South Africa, I kind of just left behind for a bit. Okay. Mm. So I kind of stopped watching anime. I did all these things. I just kind of copied what my friends did. But then after that, I got back into it. I started branching out in terms of what I watched and now I write about it. Yeah, yeah that's so cool. And I should actually explain for the listeners as well that uh, you've come in with an Eva like t-shirt which is very fitting as well yeah man yeah. very extremely appropriate for the occasion it's maybe the one bit of planning ahead i've done <laughs> that's how we like it since we cape town <laughs> exactly <laughs> so obviously those are two completely different genres that you came in with with you know dragon ball z spirited away is there a particular genre that you're drawn to now Rom-coms. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've gone the third route. It kind of comes with the territory of my job that I watch everything, really. Yeah. And I've kind of, that's very suitable for my taste because I just, I like a bit of everything. If anything, I seek out just things that are very creative in how they play with like the animated form. I love stuff like Masaki Uas's The Tatami Galaxy where, you know, the environments, know it. uh, it's, it's so good. And it's just this little like kind of college miniseries, but taking place in parallel universes and Yuasa does all of these wonderful things like the world sort of shifts around his characters and everything is constantly morphing and these all these very unrealistic colors and it just plays with animation as a form in a way that a lot of other shows don't so I'm kind of always looking for that creativity I'm not expecting everything to be inc like insanely abstract <laughs> uh, like all this like kind of real like Picasso stuff all yeah. the time but I don't know I, I just I, I go for what's good yeah that's what we love right. so Cambly. You tweeted that Vinland Saga is a grimy historical anime that's as interested in its social context as it is in busting skulls. Do you think that's what sets it apart? There's a fair few um, anime that I do enjoy that are playing with history inside and out of Japan mm. in like things like Golden Kamui and sort of these I very... I love Golden Kamui. Oh my God, sorry. It's so good. That's it's so amazing good. Amazing anime. Everyone watch Golden Kamui and then go to like a cooking class afterwards. And then watch Vinland Saga after that. I mean, Golden Kamui is very contemplative about the effect that violence has had on the history of Hokkaido mm -hmm. and on Ainu culture specifically. And Vinland Saga has a similar contemplativeness mm -hmm. set in 
Scandinavia and Europe. Yeah. But I think what sets Vinland Saga apart is simply Thorfinn's arc because he's very different to not all maybe because uh, I can't say all oh, this so much anime. Like, oh my god! Word. But he's different to a lot of shonen protagonists in that he is neither this sort of passive mess like Shinji Akari, who's constantly having to be pushed to do everything, nor is he a sort of pacifist or like someone who's constantly seeking out the more pacifist route to solving conflict like Naruto or someone like that. He's just this hollowed agent of violence Word. who is unable to stop doing all these things like people if, if shinji had to be told to get in the robot he would have to be told to get the hell out of it yeah. before he ruins yeah. his life yeah and i think that's what's so interesting about it he's just on this completely reckless course but it's also made tragic not just by the fact that he can't stop but then everything he does all of these rageful actions are just dwarfed by the, histor the historical context that like the things that un are unfolding around thorfinn he's so irrelevant to it all as the episode we're about to talk about suggests there's so much more to the tapestry of Vinland Saga than his petty grudge. And mm. it just makes him even more of a tragic little boy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's a really good answer to lead us into more in-depth discussion on the episode. So we touched on this when we were doing the quick summary earlier, yeah. but um, this episode opens with all the Ashlads fellas and, and uh, Torfin going through... Uh, Gainsborough, I think it was, which, by the way, answered my question from the last episode. Which was? When I was like, where in England is this? It's so oh, pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they weren't, obviously, they were, I guess, more south at that point. But Gainsborough, you know what? A Google imaged it. Did a Google image search. What did it look like now? Uh, it's fine. I don't, <laughs> I tell you what, I'm not saying that Gainsborough. I don't Gainsborough, think it's fine. <laughs> I, I'm, look, if anyone's listening who's from Gainsborough and you think it's beautiful, You've got to like get your images up on Google, do some SEO stuff because right now it is not doing you guys any favors. Really? Oh, it does not live up to what Vinland Saga is showing me. Uh, these opinions do not reflect <laughs> <laughs> that of the show or the people involved in it. <laughs> so they're going through Gainsborough. There's all like obviously there's been a battle. So you're seeing like all these bits of soldiers and everything as they're walking through and it really hits Torfin. And I made light of it before when he was sick, but like. Honestly, that really hit me because I've just watched so much, not even just anime, just so much historical drama type stuff or action thriller type stuff. And what you find is that they sort of speed through those things that would normally stay with you for life. And it really bothers me. Like even I was watching a sitcom the other day and like an animal got accidentally hurt as a joke, like someone stepped on it. And but. But I was like, oh, like, because I felt I was like that poor animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I thought that character, it just jumps to like the next scene as if nothing happened. And I was like, no, you would spend the rest of your day like, I think I killed a dog. Yeah, like, it would. Like you would. Be, that would be like low level trauma. Yeah. And so what I love about this show as someone who loves those details is just how they're, just the amount of attention that they pay to like the fact that this kid is just... It's very interested in the emotional consequences of everything that's happening. Yes. Like every small act of violence sort of just carries through for a really long time. Like even everything that happened in prior episodes with Thor's, he's just like his one act of walking away from violence has kind of followed him throughout his whole life. And just all of these little like rippling decisions, like even the most minute consequences are like focused on in this way. And I think that's so interesting about the show as well. And also that it's kind of conflicting with the pastoral beauty of Gainsborough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of Gainsborough, <laughs> say with quotation marks. I find that it creates a bigger margin of like sensitivity where you've got Torfin and he's literally vomiting at a dead body. And then you've got Ashalad and, the, and them guys who are just like, yeah, this is just another day's work. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, 
it's like it almost makes you think about how you would be in that situation. Do you know mm. what I mean? If you actually, if you hadn't already seen a dead body in your life, do you know what I mean? It's like, how would, raw? I, I don't know whether I'd be cool with that if I just, do you know what I mean? Like it yeah. would, it would, it like just creates this massive margin of like real emotional evaluation within yourself as a person where it did for me anyway. I think it's just very, it's very interested in just the, the kind of gritty realities of yeah. dealing with just really horrible stuff, which is not something that you get from shows that are concerned with violence as a sort of way to, <laughs> I suppose as a way to it's seen as a way to communicate in yeah. in some other anime shows like I don't know if you're a Naruto person you're just like you've got the two main characters just being like punching each other in the face is the only way we can understand each other's <laughs> feelings and and this show is very much about like you know no this just ends this just ends everything it's ruinous yeah it's nice though I like it it's refreshing weirdly <laughs> and I think it's it's one of the things that separates like anime from other animation because cartoons when you hear the word cartoon you think of kids stuff you know family friendly stuff but anime tends to double down on all of its anything that's adult whether it's violence yeah. uh i mean obviously in most cases it's violence but i suppose you can get it more serious gritty things as well grave of the fireflies you know they're, they're happy to deal with those more graphic moments yeah yeah do you reckon that's one of the reasons why they do it i think that historical anime and cartoons and anime in general because there's a lot of cartoons that have history in them do you know what i mean and they speak about what happened maybe they don't illustrate it in the same way or wrap it around the emotional disparity of a young boy in the same way but i definitely think that there's always an element of fantasy even if we're talking about like a real instance because you've you created a character that is based on something that was real as opposed to that thing actually being real. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Mm -hmm. To then depict a story that maybe didn't actually happen, but had events in it that happened. Mm -hmm. So you're telling a story, a, fa a fictional story within a factual historical pathway. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I feel like you have to, to, to yeah, to answer, answer your question, yes. I feel like you have to keep up with all of the context of those things and in, in as real a form as possible, even if that pulls it completely out of the idea of what animation is connotated to in terms of kids and whatever and family and whatever the case may be. There's some graphic anime out there. And there's also adult cartoons. I feel like there's an interesting thing in that a lot of Western animation is beginning to pick up the word anime as a signifier for adult animation. Mm -hmm. You kind of, you get your shows like like Castlevania or something like that, mm -hmm. which is very bloody, which, yeah, it's great. And, but it, it's sort of presented as if it is an anime, even though it's, not at all produced by Japanese studios, what? but it's it, but yeah, it's um, it's I think it's mostly American and some people who have worked, some people who have worked in anime, but it's mostly American studios. But like they just use the term anime to signify that it's adult. But I think that reputation has kind of come with the fact that a lot of the anime industry reckons with animation as a medium, not a genre. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes in the West you kind of pigeonhole animation as a genre mm -hmm. for families mm -hmm. rather than of what just a means of communicating a storyline or stop yeah so i think it's just very interesting in how sort of american animation has kind of been cordoned off as a genre mm -hmm. and how sometimes i guess very broadly speaking it's considered as a medium elsewhere and now these two things have converged again and you know it's so interesting that you say that because when you were talking about it obviously not being an anime and then you said what i was like no it's, to me it's very obviously not an anime because that is a very specific type of American Western way of 
illust- even just illustrate, and it's very Justice League. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, very, completely. It's very Batman. You get me? It's very like, like when we create a spin-off of of a of a generally a comic book cartoon or comic book series, that's the way they would animate it. Well, I would argue that uh, anime came from manga, which is essentially the same journey. Yeah, definitely the same journey. So here's my same question principles. to both of you, actually. Okay. How would you define anime? The animation industry in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really word. specific. Yeah, I mean... Like, to me, that felt obvious, but then I was like, I don't know. Like, a, No, like... I think it's something that gets confused a lot, and I think we could reason because it's something with it that does carry a history of certain styles. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, we associate anime with looking a certain way, but it does just mean animation. You get stop-motion anime. There's um, a series called, I think it's Poi Poi Molka, which is just these little, like, it's the most insane concept, and I'm not going to spoil it because you just kind of need to see it. Okay. But it's just, it's stop motion. Yeah, because when I was growing up, there was also, when I was very small, I remember watching a lot of stuff that was Japanese. Um, there was a lot of Japanese French animation that crossed over. So there was a show called Bumpty Boo when I was growing up, which, oh, both of you would have been non-existent. <laughs> but um, I know we're getting away from Vinland Saga, but it feels like if I don't ask this now, we're, I'm never going to ask. might never cover it. But I just, mean? you know, it's uh, to be honestly, this is the first time that I've really sat down and thought about the fact that anime isn't necessarily the, you know, Sailor Moon t- style animation, big eyes, little mouth, yeah. except for when you're yelling. <laughs> and and <laughs> the know? funny thing about that is, is some people would strongly disagree with that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think the the endorsement of anime over the past, I don't know, maybe maybe five years and, and kind of the integration of it within pop culture has created an, like a more ambiguous conversation that creates those pockets of like, is it this or is it that? And does it come from here? And does it come from there when... Some people were watching anime, like myself, were watching, and probably you as well, um, Campbell, were watching anime before, long before that. Do you know what I mean? Before mm. it was ever like so heavily integrated into Western pop culture and Western animation and stuff like that. So it's like, it's, it's almost confusing now. Mm. Do you get me? Because I knew what it was before. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I was back there and I was young and I was watching TV and even though it was definitely distributed to another territory from Japan and it was redubbed as English because it needed to be on English television for the UK and whatever. I knew what that was. <laughs> I knew what I was watching. I knew what I was endorsing and I knew what I was I was involving myself with. Whereas now, Castlevania is... What? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what? Bro, that is... you get That's not an anime to me. That's a cartoon to me. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think... It's, it's very easy to get tied up in the semantics of it when Definitely. there's a very broad uh, range of creators working in across not across American and Japanese industries. So it's like it's really hard to kind of pinpoint where exactly the line between the two, uh, between any industry of animation begins, really. If we did have to draw the line, it would be Japanese produced cartoons. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I'm comfortable with that. I think I think yeah. our listeners would be comfortable with that. So Vinland Saga. <laughs> yes. One thing I just have to mention before we go any further. How many times does he say damn? Is that like a joke? We're up to like, them. there's so much now. I think it's 50. It's there's 50. at least 10 an episode. Yeah, so. <laughs> right? Well, you know what you got to do every time you hear it? Damn. You got to drink the Torfin daggery. Oh, the Torfin daggery. Take oh, a every drink. time you hear damn, you got to drink a, a TD. Yeah, TD. <laughs> I think we should name the, 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 the establishment the Torfin daggery as well. Oh, yeah, that's nice. That's a pub. Yeah, 100%. An inn. 
the toe dag. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That sounds. Ashlad hour. I think a toe dag. I think a toe dag sounds like uh when like uh, you know it's like um a front wedgie. No, stop it. Heck, man. Oh, I've got a toe dag. Okay, so Cambly, I need you to. It always feels so serious when I when I start these conversations. <laughs> I need you to tell me exactly how you felt the moment you saw Torfin take his first life. It's a it's obviously a really big moment because it's a, it's a line that he hasn't really had to cross yet. Yeah. There's you've we've seen him grow up in this warrior culture where he is it's very easy to glorify killing someone when you're just beating your friends with wooden sticks rather than actually taking someone's life. And for me, that moment, it's, it's obviously it's very harrowing because as someone says later on, it's, it's not normal for a kid to be doing these things. It's easy to forget just because of how haunted he looks mm-hmm. in this episode. And I guess the rest of the show, it's easy to forget how young he is when he starts out as a pirate, <laughs> which is just uh, completely wild. And I think that how much that moment affects him, I think, is conveyed so effectively mm-hmm. through that change in the voice performance and the way he's animated to just kind of be completely despondent. It's not even, you you see kind of even the rage mm. sort of just leaves his face mm. after a while. There's Very just, vacant. Yeah, there's just nothing there. And that was it, done masterfully. You're right, you know. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know. I don't think I appreciated that enough before you said it, when you, especially when you mentioned the voice. It's yeah, just those those changes all happening simultaneously. It's it really hits home the realities of that violence. It's just it's a act of just removing something from the world mm-hmm. and similarly Thorfinn loses something in himself as well he's just hollowed by it oh, uh, oh Cam that was beautifully yeah, put proper. oh thank you I worked on that <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's how I feel about that <laughs> one thing I feel like I need to bring up is like I felt so sorry for the English woman oh man because, I'm so like, glad you touched on that because the her daughter you know, clearly she's, her daughter's actually quite similar to uh, um, Ilva and has that sort of like, what are you doing? You're an idiot. Like we're in trouble. Don't do this. Which is a bit like in the first, it mirrors the first episode with the slave. And I think that this sort of heartbreak when you realize that she's like in the movie, someone does that and it pays off. Like he would end up, staying with them and growing up with them and fighting for the English. And then, you know, then he gets to attack Ashalad from the opposite side and, you know, like something like that would happen. Final showdown. Yeah, yeah. but but it doesn't, no. you know. In, instead, her being nice results in the death of everyone in the town and, and the village and, and I'm assuming herself and her daughter. In fact, I hope it was because whatever would have come otherwise might have been worse, you know. And it's just, it's so heartbreaking and real and I like I don't know I felt that was really upsetting because I this woman clearly she had this whole backstory that's the other thing I love about this show it just gives so much detail to all the characters like everyone has a backstory she she wasn't just a kindly woman who looked after Torfin she's got her own stuff going on that's why she took him in yeah she had a son who died yeah and and then the the the, and, and they did that so subtly but so but so impactfully as well do you know what I mean like she cleared that like, you could you could almost feel the timeline like yeah. and it and it was like oh I know this is too soon for you to be embracing another young boy do you know what I mean in in that way of like a, a son or a, or a parental figure or a maternal figure to this to this boy and you almost start to kind of weave your own interpretation of her life just mm. based off of that do you know what I mean and it's very brief because 
she she what we understand to to be dies maybe five minutes later. Yeah. Um, because of that exact protection and that exact maternal kind of feeling and love that she has for I guess her own son. She even calls him John yeah, at the end. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That was wild. I was like, oh. Bro, that was the dagger. That was the real dagger. So this is one of the questions I want to ask because when I got told that we were going to be, for this podcast, we were going to start watching an anime about Vikings, I was like, this doesn't bode well for women. And yet <laughs> it's done, it, it's had more fleshed out female characters of a lot of shows I've seen. Would you say that that is very unique for this show or is it because I haven't seen enough anime that I have that opinion? I think there's a lot of anime that does well by women characters, but I think, like you said, it's when you say Viking anime, you don't, and you, you associate warrior culture with men and yeah. doing this stuff. But like you said, Vinland Saga is really good at having the women characters not just be damsels in distress or victims of the show, but uh, people with their own agency and their own li inner lives. And I think what's also very important for the story of the show itself is that a lot of these characters come with a lucidity that the men inside of this warrior culture don't have. Like, you get a, a very straightforward line from the English woman that's just like, it's not normal for, I, I said this already, but it's not normal for a young boy to be a pirate. And it's just so matter of fact that you're just yeah. like, yeah, it really isn't. Actually, and it's yeah. like, it's like it's almost like the women in the show are like the voice of the audience. I wouldn't, mm. Voice of reason is maybe going a little bit kind of into unrealistic like sainthood, because yeah. as we as we saw, like, this decision to take this boy in like costs them a lot but it's like they're, they're these complex figures who kind of see things from the outside that in a way that the, these guys just like kind of just being like yeah i'm gonna fight for glory and go to valhalla and it's gonna be great they see things in a way that they don't and i think that's just very interesting in a way of framing it without making it too kind of cloying and saintly mm -hmm. which i think is very interesting because you know like we've seen Yilva's way of kind of dealing with emotional turmoil is quite abrasive and and real. And then there was this English girl who was similarly just like, we should throw this boy out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they're both, all the women in this series seem to be very grounding and practical mm. and have very real consideration for everyone and everything, and their environment, maybe even more so than the men. Do you know what I mean? based on the fact that the men have goals and aims and dreams and, and aspirations that mm. all all start and end with violence. Whereas mm. yeah. the women are the ones that have actually witnessed that in series. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they've seen the men die and and be born and they birth those men and then seen them die and be, you get me? And then- There's access they, to like a bigger picture. Do you know what I mean? I just feel like they have, have. they have a yeah. wider wisdom and scope of understanding, which is why both the mothers, both um, Ilva and Torfin's mum, and the English woman have this, I guess they have a very similar way of composing themselves and being within that chaos. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. she didn't, like even the English woman, she didn't even, she didn't even scream. She didn't do anything that would be conducive with the complete chaos and panic and violence that was happening around her. She was so concerned with the fact that he'd surprised her and made that decision to still signal these guys. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And, and, and signal um, Ashlad and that to come and, completely destroy and obliterate and decimate their village to take it over and get whatever they needed out of it. And she was just so shocked by that as if as if he just like swore at her for the first time or something. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. was just very like real. It was like, my son is really? 
it you know what like, I mean? Yeah, it seemed like she was mourning him to me. Yeah, uh, like the death of the child that he was, as well as the death of her own child at that same time. I've, oh. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, oh, I got he's, bumps. he's really like, gone. Do you know this, what I mean? Yeah, I think, yeah, this is what um, I kind of mean by some of the women being embodying like the perspective of the viewer in mm. that we are see- we know we're seeing two deaths, not just the death of this first person that Thorfinn has killed or mm. multiple by the end of the episode, but we're seeing that, that she knows we're seeing the death of Thorfinn himself in doing these actions. He kills people in such a sick way, though. I'll be, I'll be honest. I'll be real. He bodies people in the sickest way, bro. <laughs> And you know what? You see when he, you see when he, you see when he like unknowingly made the decision to then carry a second short sword when he was in, when he was in oh, the, yeah, um, yeah, I picked up on that. in the forest. Do you know what I mean? He was like about to die from one of the soldiers, and then he sees their sword in their back pocket, and he grabs it with his other arm, and then he's like, "Yeah, cool, I'm, I'm using two now," kind of thing. Yeah. That I was like, "You're a G, like you're proper sick." I'll be, I'll be real. I'm here for the violence. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's he's on his way to Valhalla. Uh, I think yeah, the show communicates. I think plus one now. Trust me, like you got guest list now. <laughs> Come on, bro. It's so good at communicating stuff visually. Like you see him make this decision rather than we we don't hear him make it, which yeah. I just think is really cool. Yeah. But mm. Simple as that. <laughs> Big up Torfin, man. That's my guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and one thing I wanted to touch on was like the language barrier between like the Danes and the English, mm. and how. Everybody's actually speaking Japanese, but yeah. they in themselves, their ears are attuned to their the the Danish or the English language, and they they recognize that that person is not speaking that language, and they have to say that because everyone's hearing Japanese. I think it's really interesting because I've seen other shows deal with the language barrier in very creative ways. There's mm. this um, martial arts uh, live action show called Warrior where they distinguish when characters are speaking in Chinese or in English by, just by the accents they're doing. So when the Chinese characters are speaking Chinese, they talk in American accents. But when they're speaking English, they speak with like an affected accent, okay. which I think is really interesting. And then Great Pretender has that note up front where it says like, everything will now be translated into Japanese. Yeah. But I think for me, the sort of just the matter of factness that the characters in Vinland Saga say, oh, they're speaking Danish or they're speaking English. It does emphasize for me the fact that they're, is a very arbitrary line between these people. Like when Thor's says, no one is your enemy, there is nobody you should kill. He implies that there is not truly a barrier between people. And I think that the fact that they are wow. effectively speaking mm. the same language to our ears mm-hmm. kind of highlights that there is no real enemy in the show. Everyone's just people. That's See, fifth, that that's blows my stuff. mind. Cause normally, yeah, exactly. Cause normally in stuff where you're following like a protagonist, if there's other characters that come into it, they're from another country what will often sometimes happen is they won't translate it. So you will hear it in the other language, but you won't necessarily, unless you know that language, you won't necessarily know what they're saying, which means that you are in the position the protagonist is in, in which you are confused and you don't know what's happening. But as you say, they've made this choice to make sure that everyone is aware of everything that's happening. They could have had the English characters speaking English, I suppose, it, <laughs> for production's I mean, for sake. Us. It could have been for us, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe there's production, th- there's production things that we don't know about. I'm projecting quite a lot. But as you said, there's a way to do this in which it would be more othering, in which like we have no subtitles or uh, the character is completely cut off. But but the fact that we can understand both parties at all times, I think, just kind of makes that any line just meaningless. Campbell, this has been an absolute pleasure. I'm going to follow you. Yeah, yeah. We'll, um, That's we'll, why I came here. We'll put um, Campbell's uh, <laughs> details on the show notes if anyone wants to uh, follow in and um, see what your latest film and TV reviews are as well. Campbell, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This has been great. 
is quick fire. I don't know what that was. Quick, quick, quick fire. <laughs> All right, I'll start. Yeah, go for it. Favorite character? Old lady. I wrote the exact. I just wrote old lady. Is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Old lady, man. She was yeah. a G, man. She was a G. She, she kept awesome. it. She kept it real, and she looked after him. Do you know what I mean? Mm. She combed mm. his hair and that. Yeah, she's nice. Least favorite character? Thorfinn. Really, dude. He like the old lady helped him, and then he went and burnt down her village. He just did his job, man. No, got, you know my opinion on that. I hear that. Yeah, uh-huh. no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But what about you, least favorite character? Least favorite character in that situation was probably Ashalad. I just feel like that was just heartless. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just feel like he's that at that point you just wanted to see Torfin and the old lady flourish a little bit and they just couldn't. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because, and it's all rooted in Ashlad. So yeah. Ashlad. Oh, fair, fair. Uh, favorite scene? Ooh, when Torfin oh, when Torfin uh kills that guy on the beach. The first yes. guy when he kills the first soldier on the beach. Yeah, the end of the episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. the slow motion blood yeah, is what yeah, got yeah. me. And you see her the old lady's face behind it. Yeah. That just like absolutely and then he Ugh. catches her eye and then she's like already in tears. Yeah. Like that was, yeah, that was epic. Very mm. epic. Most epic moment. Yeah. So it's when um, Torfin is, it's during like, it's sort of a, a sort of montage scene and it's the bit where he's been sent ahead to scout. It's still winter. And he, the guy, it's almost the guy pins him down a bit like he did um, how he got pinned in the first point where he killed someone. And you're like, oh no, but Ashlad's not around to save him this time. And then he grabs the dagger. The, from oh, the second yeah, dagger. Yeah, second dagger right through the neck. Yep, 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 yep. That like was that. such a clean It was cool, but kill. when it went through his neck or its head, like it was so, I, I, I actually went, oh, like I made that noise out loud. <laughs> I was like, oh. Do you know what? I might have Put to Put me right off you. my cereal. Yeah, yeah, I think I have to agree with you, you know. I think I have to agree with you. That, that was like, He's acquired a new weapon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it yeah. was like so sick. Like that was yeah, man. That was most yeah. epic for me. It's like, oh my god. Potions you could swap that for? Bro. <laughs> like, listen, that yeah, definitely. 100 percent He became he became blade wielder at that point. Oh, yeah. Do you know he what did. I mean? Like RPG MMO RPG yeah, type yeah, type yeah. thing. You know yeah. what I mean? He became a stealth character at that point. Mm. What question do you most want answered in the next episode? I mean, I'll never get the answer. I don't I mean, I don't think I'll get the answer, but I want to know if the old lady actually, or the English woman actually died. That's, yes. Yeah, yeah. And the girl, I want to know if they're okay. I'm yeah. hoping they show up in the next episode. Do you know what I mean? That's I want to know the same if they actually me. died. Well, same one for you, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to know if they actually died. I want to I wanna see, I would, I would love to see them save him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd love oh. to see him, like, realize that, wow, I actually put you in a mad position. You could have died, but now you've, somehow saved me like do, I, would, I, I want the old lady to turn around and become like one of the old ladies in that Mad Max like the <laughs> most recent one and then she's like just badass yeah she's just got a motorbike crazy and just she con- shows up and, and Torfin is like you know he's like oh you were so good to me and yeah. she's like but not this time <laughs> <sighs> and she shoots him I don't know where the gun came shoots from shoots him yeah it's she, time travel she, yeah for this enough. is why okay. I don't make animes oh my god <sighs> so there we have it Episode six of Vinland Saga, which I might go as far as to say was the most emotional episode yet, to be fair. Yeah, it was a heavy episode. Like, you weren't wrong when you said it would be harrowing. Right, facts. Mm. But luckily, we have each other for emotional support. Oh. And I'm you hugging can... you from the other side of the table right now. I'm hugging the listener in the ears with my voice. And you can join us next week as we continue our journey with Torfin. We'll also be chatting to cosplayer and anime lover Nezu, a.k.a. Madara's daughter. Thanks for listening to this episode of Anime to Z. And if you want to be a part of the anime tribe, rate us, follow us, review us, and hit subscribe. Do it now. Right now.
Animator Z is a Little Dot Studios production for Prime Video UK. The show is hosted by Shailingo and Beck Hill. It's produced by Nicole Davis, Jake Cunningham and Harold McShill. With production coordination from Ellie Aitken and editing by James Payne. With additional research by Ren Skateni. If you've enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and wherever else you get your podcasts. All right, so I think I know what the Torfin dagger has got to be. Okay. All right, so uh, you start with your uh, liquor. I'm going to go for like a mead, mm-hmm. but if you can't find a mead, a honey liqueur, mm-hmm. right? Okay, okay, that So you've got sense. like a shot of that. Yep. And then you want to have like you top up mostly with ginger beer. So the mead is like representing okay. obviously like the Viking stuff. Yeah, yeah. The ginger beer is because he's a bit fiery and like spicy. Okay, okay. Right, but refreshing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you want a salt rim yeah. as your garnish to the salt representing the sea. Yeah. And then to add, we were saying it needs some bitterness, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Get this. A dash of uh, uh, pickle juice. Oh, man. Right? This is disgusting. No, it won't be. It, it, honestly, so? it will give it that umami. Trust me. What? Trust me. Trust it will me. give it the umami. Are you sure, bro? That's a big statement to make, I, you know? I, right. I will, I will make this. It will happen. Okay. We will try it, right? Okay. For the final thing mm-hmm. is, I'm I'm trying to work out. You might be able to help me out here. Mm-hmm. Whether you go for uh, a dash of red grapefruit juice for a Ooh, bit more bitterness, but also red, like I'm thinking blood, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, mm-hmm. or a drop of grenadine. And um, you serve it when the grenadine's still like mixing in with it, so it looks like a drop of blood. Oh, a drop of blood, and yeah. it does the like mm. into the water and stuff. I think. Drop of grenadine. Yeah, drop of grenadine. I do. A slice it would of make lemon. It, yeah. yeah. Oh, and you've got to say it's a drink best served cold. Oh, that you. All right, cool. You've got me. All right. I want to try it. I'm into it. We're gonna make it happen. Let's make it happen. <laughs>